and welcome to mini episode 142 of Real Life Ghost Stories. And I have six spooky stories for you today. And the last story comes from August the 20th, 2021. And story number one comes from Ogre Comedy. I was 13 when this happened. My grandmother had moved in with my dad, my sister and I after my parents got a divorce. I went to wake her up with my sister to tell her we were going to school and that we loved her but she had had a brain aneurysm in the bed that night and was bleeding out of her eyes, ears, nose and mouth and all over the bed. So needless to say, I was freaked the hell out. The experience happened the night before the viewing at the funeral home. I could not sleep so I was staying up and watching TV in the living room. The way the room was set up was when you walked in the front door, the couch was against the wall to your immediate left and the TV was on the right wall with the hallway at the end of that wall and the kitchen straight ahead of you. It was probably 3.30 in the morning and I was a little fat kid watching TV and eating chips way past my bedtime. When I caught out the corner of my eye coming down the hallway a dull blue glow. I looked at the entrance of the hallway and my grandmother slowly drifted into view with her feet hanging slack like she was being carried under her arms. Her toes were about two inches off the ground. She was barefoot, wearing a powder blue dress I have never seen her in and she did not have her glasses on. She turned and looked at me. She did not turn her head. Her entire body staring straight forward slowly turned until it was facing me and then slowly turned back to the right and went floating into the kitchen. All of the lights in the house were out so the only light was the TV and the dull blue glow from her. After she left my plane of view into the kitchen from the doorway, that light went out abruptly. As soon as the light went out, I took a deep breath and realised I had not breathed the entire time this was happening. The next day, we all got up, got dressed, went to the funeral home, and my grandmother was in the casket wearing that powder blue dress she had on the night before when I saw her and she was not wearing her glasses. She told my dad and uncles they had better not bury her with those glasses on her face because she hated them in life. Needless to say, they were going to bury them with her, but could not find them anywhere. After the funeral, we came home, and dad stopped at the end of the driveway because he thought he'd ran over something. It was her glasses. I am so sorry that you had to experience that trauma of finding somebody after they've had a brain aneurysm, Because that is not an easy thing to get over whatsoever. It sounds like your grandmother was a woman who knew exactly what she wanted, you know? Even down to saying I'm not going to be buried with my glasses. I hate them in life. I don't want them on me in death. Do not lay me out with my glasses on. And guess what? Your family listened. That visual of your grandmother almost being carried. Like she was being lifted under her arms is really quite terrifying. Like really quite terrifying. There's something quite puppet-like about it. Um, don't mean to make your grandmother sound scary, but it does, I what sounds pretty freaky. And story number two comes from Jackie. My story goes back many years to when I was around 18 or 19. I lived at home and shared a room with my sister. My two younger brothers shared a bedroom and my two elder brothers had married and moved out. I had always experienced a lot of spiritual activity and was very scared by it. I would never ever do a Ouija board or anything to do with spirits. This night I was woken up and I saw a bright small disc of light coming through the door and roll along the floor and disappear. 
At that moment, I had an image in my head of two little blonde girls holding hands and skipping. One was bigger than the other. It didn't feel like a dream, more like a video playing in my head. As the girls skipped around, I had a thought that this was something to do with my brother. The next image was of my brother on his knees praying. This was strange, as we were not in any way religious. I had no idea what had happened. I went to sleep eventually and never mentioned it to my sister as I knew she would be scared. The next night I slept well, but in the morning my sister said, When you were asleep, something came through the door. Again, I never said anything and told her that she was probably dreaming. Years later, my brother had his first daughter. There was a problem with her health and eventually she was diagnosed as having cystic fibrosis. When the first child was aged two and a half, my sister-in-law went into hospital to have her second child. I was caring for the first child while they were in the hospital. I got a distressing call from my brother to say that the baby was stillborn. I remembered the experience I had with the two blonde girls who were skipping holding hands. It was some sort of premonition. His first daughter died aged 10 after years of treatment. She died on the same day that the stillbirth had been. They had a son who was born two years after the stillbirth. Fortunately, he didn't have cystic fibrosis and he has two children. The eldest girl is the image of his sister. This story highlights something that's really interesting about premonitions or visions or little glimpses into the future in that it's not always clear at the time what they mean or who they relate to. So for the person who experiences it, they just see a random image. Maybe they'll know who it relates to. Like for example, in this instance, Jackie knew that it related to her brother in some way, but she couldn't figure out how it related to him. And it's only years later that she was able to understand what it actually meant. It does make me question like why or how some people have these powers or abilities, especially in this kind of scenario where you don't have the powers to change anything. There's nothing you can do that's going to make it any different. So what is the purpose of having that vision or that experience? Is it a case of like a little rip in the fabric of time that you happen to get a glimpse into? I just don't know. It's really fascinating. And story number three comes from Jovi and Sarah. This story isn't mine. It's my Mima or grandma's story. It was about 40 years ago. Her friend had bought a Ouija board. A totally smart choice. They asked a couple of questions. Nothing seemed to be happening at this point, so they stopped it there. A few seconds later, with no one near this demon device, the planchette flew off the board. My Mima doesn't allow any type of demon device in her house. She doesn't even go near them. And that's probably a sage choice from your Mima. And I kind of feel like we need a petition to rename the Ouija board into the demon device. That's so good. And you all at this point know my stance on demons and blaming demons for things and saying things are demonic. But uh, even I have to admit that calling it a demon device is a good one. I like it. It's amazing the amount of completely disconnected stories that we have that all seem to outline people playing with a Ouija board, nothing happening, and then the planchette flying off the board. That's pretty freaky. And story number four comes from Jesse. 
I'm 25 years old and have had many ghostly sightings and experiences since I was a young preteen. Maybe it started just before my preteens and I just didn't pay as much attention to it or recognise it. Most of my experiences are negative, unfortunately. In my 25 years, I've come to realise that I may just attract the negative side of the paranormal. I hardly share my experiences for fear of being deemed crazy or simply not being believed. I'm excited to join this community to have an outlet for sharing my encounters. My first encounter with the paranormal was when I was around 12. My parents were taking a five-day vacation and they left my older sister and I with my grandma. My older sister, Mallory, was two years older than me and would have been 14 at the time. The spare room Mallory and I took in my grandma's house was in the basement. Since my grandmother had a small home, Mallory and I had to share a bedroom with a full-sized bed. My grandmother's house was older and she had a ton of stuff that needed updating or junk she had accumulated but was unable to let go of. Before my parents dropped us off at grandma's house, they had gotten Mallory and I new phones and we were both very excited about them. We got dropped off later in the evening and after we had dinner with my grandma, we went to our room in the basement and were excitedly setting up our new phones. This was before iCloud, so we had to manually enter all of the phone numbers into our new phones. It may seem monotonous, but we were enthralled with the task. When we decided it was time to go to bed, probably exhausted because it was well into the morning, we had the hardest time finding a power outlet in the bedroom. We finally found the solitary outlet in the room which was behind a small dresser near the end of the bed. The dresser was narrow and tall and the only object resting on top of it was a small teddy bear. This is not the cute kind of teddy bear you are probably imagining. No, this teddy bear had a baby doll's face. Some of you are probably familiar with the kind of doll-faced teddy bear I'm referring to. It is unnerving to look at and this one in particular looked like it was made the same time as the old house. The fur looked worn and matted, and the face had that used doll scuff marks from a plastic toy well used. At one point, it must have been cute, but it had turned into something you feel uncomfortable looking at. We had to move the doll because our phones needed a surface to be put on while charging. Since the room was so small, there was really no other place to put the teddy bear other than the closet. So in the closet it went. And I honestly regret that decision to this day. When Mallory and I woke up the next morning, we were both shocked to find the bear sitting back on the dresser and our phones dangling from their chargers which were still in the outlet. I blamed Mallory for messing with me and she in turn believed I was messing with her. With each of us thinking the other did it as a prank, we wrote it off, and in the closet the bear went again. Over the next three days, every time we would move the bear to the closet, it would appear back on the dresser, and my sister and I were convinced the other was moving it to mess with the other. It wasn't until the fourth night that we realised what was really happening. The evening of the fourth night, my sister and I both got changed into nice clothes because my grandma was taking us to a wedding reception of one of our distant cousins. Mallory and I both got changed in our room 
and I put the doll back in the closet afterwards. I believed that Mallory had moved it back to the dresser and I remember making some snide comment about how the prank was getting old. We both left the room together and went straight out of the house with my grandma to the wedding reception. We returned later that night and went immediately to our bedroom together to get ready for bed. As we entered the room, my sister froze. I didn't realise what was wrong until I noticed what she was looking at. It was the fucking teddy bear and it was sitting on the dresser. It was then that dread and fear sunk into my bones and I could feel the adrenaline dump of fight or flight. But we were both rooted to our spots, just staring at the bear. Both of us realising that the bear was being moved by something else unknown. Mallory jumped into action, seemingly out of nowhere, startling me more. She grabbed the bear off the dresser and stomped up the stairs and went outside the back door. I ran after her, surprised at her sudden outburst. She walked outside and hurled the bear far into the backyard and out of sight due to the darkness. She slammed the back door shut and stomped back down the stairs to our bedroom. My grandma, having heard the commotion, came out of her room and asked me what was going on. I just stood there speechless, unable to say anything. Because what could I possibly say? Uh, Mallory threw a creepy possessed bear with a doll face into the night? My grandma, obviously tired of me not answering, rolled her eyes and went back to her room. The rest of the night, my sister and I didn't speak. I think we were too shocked and scared to do anything except try to rationalise what happened internally. I don't think I slept at all that night. Just stared at the ceiling, knowing Mallory lay beside me doing the same. The following morning, we went up and had breakfast in relative silence. After breakfast, my grandma went out to her garden and my sister and I stayed inside and watched TV. About an hour later, my grandma came inside and asked us to help her spread some mulch in the garden. When leaving out the back door, about three feet from the door on my grandma's little back patio table, sat the teddy bear. I quickly asked my grandma if she had moved the bear to the table. She remarked that she thought it was strange too when she came outside that the bear was on the table, but assumed that one of us had put it there. I remember my gut sinking and the terrified and shocked look on Mallory's face, which probably resembled my own. There was no way the bear could have landed sitting upright on the table three feet from the door. I saw my sister throw it with all her strength out into the darkness of the yard. If it had somehow landed on the table, we would have seen it even in the darkness due to the table being so close to the back door. Luckily, my parents came to pick us up shortly after, having returned from their trip. I have not talked to Mallory about the experience again. I think we were both too afraid to even acknowledge what was happening because we were so young and didn't know what to think of it. Fortunately, we never had to stay overnight at that grandma's again because we always would talk my parents into letting us stay with friends when they would occasionally go out of town. Fast forward to three years ago. I had just graduated college and had to move out of my student dorms. I had signed a lease for a new apartment but I was unable to move in for a month. My grandma offered for me to stay at her house for the month that I had to wait, which was great. 
But the one downside? I had to stay in that room again. The first day I moved in, of course, the bear was sitting on that dresser. I immediately grabbed it and put it in a hall closet upstairs when no one was paying attention. The first two nights I stayed there, nothing happened with the doll-faced teddy bear. It stayed in the hall closet. On the third night, I was unpacking some clothes and was hanging them up in the closet. The closet was on the opposite wall of the dresser, so my back was turned while I was working on unpacking my clothes. When I got through hanging up all my clothes, it was around 11.30pm, so I decided it was probably time to go to bed. When I turned around, my eyes immediately were drawn to the dresser, because sat on top of the dresser was the bear. My grandma had gone away on the weekend trip, so I was alone in the house. There was no way someone had moved it in the hour I had my back turned. At this point, I've had dozens of other paranormal experiences in my life. So instead of being frightened, I got angry. This teddy bear, or whatever was moving it, was starting to piss me off. I grabbed the bear and threw it roughly into the closet and yelled, Stop moving, you ugly piece of shit! And slammed the closet door. In hindsight, that wasn't very smart of me, but I was frustrated and mad. After I cooled off for a bit, I was able to go to sleep. At around 3am, I woke up because there was a loud bang. I hurried and turned on the light, and since the dresser was near the end of the bed, I immediately noticed the teddy bear sitting on the dresser once again. I then saw out of the corner of my eye that my closet door was now open. I walked over to the closet and all the clothes that I had hung up had all been thrown to the ground. Not one piece of clothing was hung up or on the shelves anymore. I realised that I had pissed off whatever this thing was. I immediately started packing up all my stuff and I was not staying here to be tormented by a creepy doll-faced teddy bear. The next day, I asked one of my friends if I could stay with her for a few weeks until my apartment was ready and she said that I could crash on her couch. I would have taken the floor if it meant that I could leave my grandma's house. I never told my grandma what happened, and I used the excuse that my friend lived closer to my work, so my commute would be shorter. To this day, that doll-faced teddy bear sits on that dresser in the basement, and I never want to look at it again. I know it's all well and good me saying this because I obviously didn't experience this and wasn't in that situation. And if I was actually in that situation, I don't think I would be as brave as I'm about to sound. But I kind of want to see it. Like, I think I would put it in the most ridiculous places to see if it came back. I say that and I have to really, really emphasize the point that if I was in that situation, I absolutely wouldn't do any of these things. I'd be freaking out running around in circles, screaming and crying. But in my head, I'm really cool, calm and collected and, you know, putting it in bizarre places to see if it would be able to make its way back. The bear must have some sort of significance to something in the house. Have you ever asked your grandmother about it? Have you ever said, like, what's the crack with the freaky bear? Imagine if you found out that all along it was your grandmother that was doing it, just literally just to freak you out. I know that's not That's obviously not possible with the way the story mapped out. But imagine if it was, if she was like, it was just a long game, you know, a long prank. But maybe it was something that was really important to an entity that is 
in your house or on that land or who knows. And story number five comes from Jackie. Almost two years ago, my sister was coming to stay for a holiday. She asked if we could go to a medium night on the night she arrived to see a local clairvoyant. I was reluctant as I've had many unexplained experiences and preferred to keep them at bay as I was not okay with meddling in it. However, she assured me that it was not how I imagined it. She also has had spiritual experiences in her life and was embracing it. I agreed, but I said, I'm going to bring my tourmaline with me. I collect crystals and tourmaline protects against negative energy. Many years ago, I was widowed as a young woman. Never had I felt anything from my late husband since he died in 1980. So I imagined if anyone came through for me, it would be him. The medium began by saying that she had a man called Jack coming through. He was showing her a coal fire. I looked around waiting for someone to pipe up and take this person, but nobody did. She said something else about another person coming through. Again, no one could take it. She went back to Jack and said he liked whiskey a bit too much and country music. No one was taking anything she said. She decided to have a quick five minutes to compose herself as she was becoming stressed that nothing she said was being taken. Suddenly I said to my sister, if it wasn't for the country music, I'd say it could be our late father. His name was Jack and he was a coal miner and he used to bring a lump of coal home in his kit bag. He was not a good person. He had seven children and had not had a relationship with any of them. He was not liked by anyone. My sister is 11 years younger and the youngest, so she saw him more than I did. And she said, he loved country music. The penny dropped. Neither of us had connected Jack and the coal fire to him. He didn't want to communicate in life, so why come through now? My sister went to the medium and explained to her that we could take Jack and the fire. She was relieved as she was losing her nerve with a room full of people and no one connecting to her. When my sister came back, she said, Are you still holding your tourmaline? I opened my hand to show her and at that moment it split into pieces. My sister looked at me and said, If I had not seen that with my own eyes, I wouldn't have believed it. He's not happy that we didn't acknowledge him. So that was my first experience, and that night I slept with more tourmaline under my pillow. So I know nothing about crystals or stones, it's not really anything I have any knowledge of. But tourmaline does come across on my timeline every so often, so from what I can gather it's a pretty powerful crystal uh, for protecting people if you're into that kind of thing. And it seems to be a pretty crazy coincidence that it would break at that exact moment that you realise that it's potentially talking about your dad and that you wouldn't be very happy. How mad is that, that it broke in your hand? That tourmaline must have been working overtime, for sure. Do you know what I really liked about this story? I, I, I have a lot of thoughts about mediums and mediumship, as people know, um, and I particularly have thoughts about kind of those medium shows those nights where lots of people go and the mediums kind of do that calling out thing but what I liked was the vulnerability that is shown in the medium in this story in that they were connecting with somebody or something 
and it wasn't connecting with the audience. So instead of trying to force it or instead of trying to change the narrative or change the story, they said, look, I'm going to need five minutes to gather myself because they were probably freaked out that what they were saying wasn't connecting with the audience, which has this real, the vulnerability gives it a sense of genuineness and earnestness that I think is often lacking in those medium shows that people go to. And that combined with the tourmaline breaking, splitting open in your hand, it's pretty, it's pretty compelling stuff. And story number six comes from Jade. Before beginning, I need to say that I'm now a Christian and dabbling in anything like this is seen as dangerous. So this is all in the past for me. I do have what they call the gift of prophecy though. So all of my spiritual gifts are now channeled in a positive and uplifting way within a Christian context and not an occult one. My great grandma was a medium and my own mum used to do tarot cards and had her own experiences, which she used to tell us about. When I was a young teenager, I used to watch Most Haunted and sit there crying my eyes out. Not because I was scared, because I felt really overcome with empathy and sadness for the situation. I can't really explain it. I think a lot of that show was just entertainment, but it made me really emotional at times. Moving forward, my sister and I had some similar weird experiences in the same house. I used to hate the loft, which was in the hallway above the entrance to the toilet. I have a vague but strong memory of being four years old and sitting on the toilet and hearing a voice say, The devil. I ran downstairs and freaked out. Looking back, I don't know how I would have known what that was, and I'm not sure what to make of that memory. I always hated being on my own in that house, and sometimes got such a bad feeling that I had to stand outside the door and wait for my mum to come back from her quick trip to the shops there. A few years went by with no other weird occurrences. One night, my mum and I were in her bedroom, and my sister had gone to bed. Out of nowhere, she started shouting, Mum! Jade, is that you? What's going on? We ran in there and she said that someone had been shouting in her ear. Nothing she could remember, just random screaming. We all laughed about it after and didn't think anything of it. We thought she must have been dreaming. Sometime later it happened to me and it was the scariest thing I've ever experienced. I'd been asleep and was having a dream that my aunties had opened a box with a mirror in it and when I looked in the mirror, a ghost-like figure was staring back at me. I woke up paralysed, but I could see my room so I knew I was awake. My name was being screamed in my ear over and over and over, and I felt physical hands on my ankles pulling me out of bed. I had a bunk bed at the time, and slept on the top part, so whatever entity had my legs must have been tall. I managed to finally move my body and I was absolutely terrified. I wasn't asleep. I could see my room, the shouting was like someone was right next to me and I felt the hands grip my ankles. After that, I only had one other experience when I was napping on the sofa. I suddenly heard a lot of whispering in my ear. It was different voices, but I couldn't hear what they were saying. I said to my mom, who was talking to me? And she told me that it was no one. My next weird experience happened when I was at university. I was in my friend's dorm room and was just having a nap in the same bed as two of my friends. We liked to do this before a big night out. Just as I was waking up, I heard an old lady's voice in my head saying, 
ask Pippa why I did it. Pippa was my friend who I was having a nap with at the time. I dismissed it as a dream and laughed it off. About a week later, we were all pre-drinking together in the dorm corridor and somehow Pippa began talking about one of our nans who had given a baby daughter away when she was younger and the family had recently reconnected with her as an adult. I was suddenly overcome with emotion and couldn't stop crying. It was the weirdest feeling. I kept saying, I'm not sad, I just can't stop crying. And it was then that I realised what the voice had been talking about. She must have wanted me to know why she'd given her daughter away. I called my mum absolutely hysterical and she asked me what drugs I had taken. I said I hadn't and explained. And she said, oh don't worry it runs in the family, like it was normal. Recently I told my mum about a recurring dream that I've had since I was little about a little girl in white who used to stand at the top of my grandma's stairs in her old house, and similar ones where there's been a huge darkness and evil in the upstairs. When I was little, I used to hate going upstairs on my own to the toilet and can remember running down them as fast as I could. The dream has always been the same. It's always upstairs, and there's always a dread in the dream that I'll be made to go up there and face that huge, evil, black mass of darkness. My mum told me recently that she believes her old room in that house was haunted. I know she did a Ouija board and had a bad experience when she was 10, and I wonder if she invited it in then. She always used to tell us never ever to mess with a Ouija board, as when she had done it, a man came through and she heard him swearing over and over in her ear. Since then, I stopped with my interest in the paranormal and ended up going to a local church instead. I still have dreams that could be interpreted as spiritual, but now I have the church context and they make a lot more sense. However, the sleep paralysis has never gone away. Still now, I have dreams about dark spirits in my grandma's old house. I also have dreams where I'm somewhere that I've never been before, but I know everything about someone who used to live there, like I'm giving a psychic reading. I know their names, ages, what they look like, and I'm telling people what they have to say. Nearly always after those dreams, I wake up and feel like there's someone in my room. Sleep paralysis is scary, and I think I'll have to live with that and the occasional night terror for now. So I don't consider myself religious or a Christian in any way, shape or form, but I do know people and have people in my family, people I'm very close to, who are heavily involved in their faith and in Christianity. And I've met a few people who have the gift of prophecy or what within the church they refer to as the the gift of prophecy and sometimes it's really fascinating like sometimes I've spoken to people and I've thought whoa that's pretty wild I can't believe you know that or I can't believe you saw that thing and then it happened later and it's it's a really interesting thing to look into and to kind of explore both within and without the context of Christianity. It must have been so frightening as a child for both your sister and you to have people shouting in your ear or whispering in your ear like that's so scary especially when you don't know what to do with it you don't know how to control it you can't control it and you don't know who it is and you're trying to figure out if it's something scary or if it's something that you just need to ignore like that is pretty freaky thank you so much for listening to today's episode thank you to ogre comedy jackie jovi and sarah jesse Jackie and Jade for sending in your stories. The last story came from August the 20th, 2021. And if you'd like to know anything about Real Life Ghost Stories podcast, you can check out a web- the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And just to remind you that the main episodes and the Patreon episodes will all be back this week as normal. 
thank you so much for listening and i'll see you next time